This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Leaf Sky episode number 43. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Jim Taddy here. We're going we're gonna to be with you for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Dave McCarthy from NHL.com, Sirius XM NHL Radio Network will be by. We're going to go over the Leafs roster. And I have to be honest with you, I recorded this thing yesterday. The Leafs re-signed Jason Spezza. So it doesn't change really what I had originally planned to say. I'm just going to reword it all and, and sort of update it. Before we get going, the second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot of up to 10 grand in total prizes. That is correct. Up to 10 grand in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first, that kind of thing. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, you're not eligible. Just ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot of up to ten grand in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge prizes. The promo code again, what is it? THPN. That is correct. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right, let's get to the hockey story. So the breaking news is Jason Spezza has re-signed with the Leafs for one year, and that is one of seven unrestricted free agents that the Leafs have to contend with if they choose to do so. So here is the concern. When you go through this roster, here are the six that are out there for the Leafs. Nash, Hyman, Simmons, Felino, Galchenyuk, and Joe Thornton. They have Kerfoot signed for the next two years, so he's another player that we'll talk to in regards to depth. And they have three other guys that were on the roster last year, already signed and sealed, but they're a year away from 
possibly escaping. Mikheyev has one year, then he becomes a UFA. Ingvall has one year, then he becomes an RFA. And Brooks has one year, and he becomes an RFA. Sprinkle in some prospects like Robertson, and there you go. That is the depth. That is what the Leafs have when you separate the top four. The top four guys, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. And here is where it gets tricky. Tavares and Marner have four years left. Nylander and Matthews have three. So I bring that up because that's the, the window that the Leafs have to operate with. And these are the guys they've anointed as the four horsemen. So you're going to build around them. You could, you could disagree. Go ahead. Disagree with that theory. But clearly the general manager and the president have said this is the way we're going. So now you've got to sprinkle in the right bodies. You're watching the NHL playoffs on a nightly basis. You see what it takes to win. Watch the Islanders. Watch Montreal. Watch Tampa. And watch Vegas. What does it take to win? Well, it takes a lot of guys rowing in the same direction. Do the Leafs have that? No. No, they don't. And so if you re-sign Zach Hyman, does that solve that issue? No, no, it does not. And if you re-sign him at five or six mil, then you're going to have five guys soaking up somewhere between 45 and 46 million bucks. That does not solve the problem. Um, I want to say this. You know, I think if you if you had to sort of classify what I'm looking for here, it's a bunch of New York Islanders or a bunch of lower-tier Tampa Bay Lightning forwards. These guys, I call them, they skate through a brick wall. They are making a name for themselves. Some of them are on borrowed time. Some of them have come up through the system. There's many ways to find these guys. These are, are clones of Zach Hyman. This is what Zach Hyman was, a failure of the organization. Connor Brown, Zach Hyman, and, and where are the rest of them? There aren't any. They acquired Hyman in a trade. They drafted. Brown, and now they're in a position, and this is how I describe this team, a team that can't get through the first round with the salary cap of a team that has won at least a Stanley Cup. That's a bit of a problem, and then to sort of amplify or add to that, they've traded a lot of draft picks away, so you're not going to draft that guy. Even if you drafted this guy in a month's time, and he was the right guy two to three years at the earliest before he impacts your lineup, that is too late for this team. So they've got to do something here. And, and I hate to be harsh, but but look, uh, when you go back to their elimination against Montreal, it's on everybody. There's no question about that. But I have to say, the bottom six forwards did not help out. The top four got silenced. The, Tavares obviously got rinsed early in the uh, the first game and, and did not come back, so it's not on him. Nylander looked good. Uh, Martin and Matthews struggled. And as the series went on, it became a bit of a problem. So you need everybody. You need the 12 forwards and, and maybe a couple of spares that are added uh, in case things don't work out. But you need the depth there. You need everybody rowing in the same direction. And I don't see it. And it's because of the four horsemen. You're waiting for the four horsemen to do it. Then it's not going to happen. So this is a particular problem for the Leafs. Do they solve it from within? I don't think so. Do they solve it uh, in the offseason by uh, acquiring or, or signing? All of a sudden they find these gritty hockey players? I don't think so. Uh, and that's, that's their problem. Uh, my suggestion would be to you is that they start the season with some salary cap space, which means don't re-sign Hyman, and find those pieces to add along the way. Or you roll the dice and make a big trade. And that's uh, that's not something I could predict, but it would be an interesting premise if the Leafs could part with a couple of guys and pick your players and, and then bring somebody back who would change, I don't want to say the culture on the team, but but maybe maybe the identity. We'll get into that uh, later on. Let's bring in Dave McCarthy from NHL.com, Sirius XM NHL Radio Network, and, and we sort of go down the same road. This was a recorded conversation from Tuesday. It's not dated. I listened to it. I'm always up front with you, so it'll work. Take a listen. 
Okay, Dave, when I look at the Leafs roster, I mean, they've, they've made it clear that the top four in terms of salary, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares are going nowhere. Okay, that that's your theory. But when you look about uh, around to see what's left, uh, you know, a lot of people have Hyman in, some people have Hyman out. Uh, so let's deal with that one first, because I'm not convinced that I want to give him five or six million bucks. And, and there's there's a couple of layers to this story. And I don't know what the term is, but but I, I just don't know that you want to tie up uh, five guys and 46 million bucks. You've already said four and 40 is OK, but you want to go the extra body. Yeah, that's going to be uh, really an intriguing storyline to follow this offseason because the other element in all of this is the uh, expansion draft too, right? right. So yeah. if they uh, if they if they withhold their signing of Hyman, if they do in fact decide to sign him till after the expansion draft, um, well, then you can protect another player, which which could come in handy. So that there's that element to it, uh, but ultimately, as you pointed out, it comes down to the dollars and cents and the term. Uh, that that Zach is going to command, and I'm with you. Um, anything with a six is an absolute non-starter. I mean, that's just way, way, way too much money uh, for what for what Zach Hyman is, and that's not disrespecting him at all. He's a really good player, yeah. uh, but in no world is he a six million dollar player. He, he's just not, uh, especially when your uh, salary cap is in the position that it already is. Um, so so there's that, but. Uh, I would like to see them find a way to to retain him because I think the Leafs have uh, they they the the type of player that Zach is they have very short supplies of those type of players I think you need those guys in order to be um, a good team so it comes down to what does he what does he want and what can the Leafs afford to to offer him I I'd be willing to give him an eight year deal um, just because. Uh, I, I don't question the work ethic. I don't question uh, the desire, and I don't question the motivation when it comes to Zach. Remember, he—I mean, not to to bring up his 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 upbringing, but he grew up in a very fortunate situation. He could easily have been a guy that sort of sat back and took the opportunities where they came, but but not busting his butt. And that's not what happened. He busted his butt um, every step of the way to get to where he is today. Um, so, he, you know, he, I, I have no question about, about that desire. That's why I'd be willing to give an eight-year deal, um, which could help lower the, uh, the average annual value a little bit. So, you know, say, well, four times eight, that is 32. Uh, could you go up to four and a half, you know, high fours? I think you could get up to high fours and be okay with it over an eight-year deal. And I think that would be a deal that would be uh, both good for Zach uh, and the team. And then the question for Zach comes down to, well, is someone going to offer you a little bit more money? Maybe. But what also comes along with that? Well, having to move, having to leave the city you grew up in, having to leave your support system, your parents, your family, uh, you got a young kid, uh, all of that. Uh, How much is that worth? Is it worth another uh, you know, 800 grand a year. I'm not sure that it is. Is it worth another two and a half million? If some team's willing to offer him a two and a half million more a year, ah, maybe that might be. Ultimately, that comes down to, to his decision. But that's sort of how I see that situation playing out. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, 
Uh, you know, it's not about Zach Hyman at all. It's about the uh, the Leafs and the possible fit of the term. You're going eight years. I mean, Nylander has three left. So does Matthews. Tavares has four. And Marner has four. I mean, eight years is, is a bit of a stretch for me. Um, and again, it's not about... Zach Hyman, but but I think you know you said the, the magic phrase earlier. They don't have enough Zach Hyman's. They don't. And this is this is the failure of the organization. Was you got one, and that's all you got. I mean, you did not add. A, and I'm not saying you could add another Zach Hyman, but certainly when you well, watch the when you watch the Islanders play, when you watch the Habs play, um, and anybody who who has sort of overachieved or the the Bruins certainly are built this way. You need a collection of these guys, and they just have never done that. They actually had another one, right, that they had to let go because they couldn't afford him anymore because of their own mismanagement of the contracts. You know who that is. It's Connor Brown, um, who was on a a really, really, quite frankly, um, friendly deal. Uh, But they still couldn't afford it because I like here's the thing. I think this all comes back to the fact that uh, the Nylander contract, the Marner contract and the Matthews contract were mismanaged. Okay, say what you will, but I will never stop believing they overpaid on all three of those, starting with William Nylander. And don't tell me, oh, well, look, 6'9", it's a bargain. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. He played up to and above that level in the playoffs, for sure. But what was the spinoff ramification of that deal? It was that if you force the Leafs' management hand, um, being Marner and Matthews, after you watch how Nylander... Uh, his situation played out, they will cave and you will get exactly what you want. So instead of, like, uh, tell you what, if Lou was signing those deals, uh, William Nylander would either have signed earlier or he would have been in Sweden. There is no way in in this world that he's, and I know I'm going back a number of years, but it's relevant to today. Um, there is no way that, that William Nylander would have called Lou up with like 10 minutes to spare and be like, hey, yo, you want to sign now? <laughs> like, how do you think that would have gone over? So he, he got 6'9 when maybe he would have got uh, low sixes. So there's 800000 bucks. Um, Austin Matthews wouldn't have got uh, 11'6 on a five-year term. Like, it's give back on the term and give back on the dollars. No win there at all for the Leafs. You get Austin at, at 10, well, there's another 1-6 a year. On top of the 8, we're talking like 2-6. And then if you get Marner on like 9 as opposed to 11, there's another 2. That's 4-6. Well, what's 4-6? That's one really good, well, it's maybe Zach Hyman. Uh, or it's, it's, it's uh, two really quality players that add some length to your lineup. It's a Connor Brown and somebody else. Um, and because they mismanaged those and they overpaid, now they're in this crunch where we are today to bring it back to the conversation where you've got the top four, which sure, you you got to have talent and you're happy with that. But you're, the rest of your lineup is really lean, Jim. And, and, and the question comes back to, can you contend with that much money tied up when you've got that little, the rest of your lineup? And I, I go back to it. I'm still not sure that you can. I don't think you can at all. I mean, there's no evidence of that anywhere on the other rosters in the NHL that, that even come close to that. Look, if you want to do the history lesson, Nylander for me would have been asset management years ago. He would have been traded um, just because 
Austin Matthews replaced him on the depth chart. And as soon as that happened, he became expendable. Now, he's a very good hockey player. He's proved it. Um, I'm not going to argue about the money. I, I think we still come back to they didn't add enough grit, enough enough of those guys. I'm going to call them New York Islanders, for lack of a better description. Yeah. Uh, they didn't they didn't draft, acquire, or sign as free agents enough of those guys in the bottom six. Uh, you look at the bottom six now. All they have coming back, aside from Kerfoot, then there's there's a pretty good chance he goes in the expansion draft. You have Mikheyev, Engvall, and Brooks, and a collection of people on the Marlies that includes Robertson. Even with those three. Mikheyev, Engvall, and Brooks. Um, I could be talked into Brooks in the fourth line. Mikheyev's a work in progress. Engvall is a work in progress. And my problem with that is I don't need a work in progress on my third and fourth line. These guys have to do a specific job every shift. If we're going to win a Stanley Cup, that's what they have to do. If you're going to go deep in the playoffs, that's what they have to do. No question marks. No, maybe this will work out. Too much of that in this team. I 100% agree. I forget who it was. I feel bad. Um, obviously not being able to cite the person, but I saw somebody tweet out a lineup the other day, um, what the Leafs would look like on opening night if Kyle Dubas went on vacation today and did not return until October the 5th, um, which is to say do nothing in the offseason. And obviously yeah. he's, that's not what's going to happen. He is going to do something. But the point is, if they fill the bottom of the lineup out uh, internally, what I saw in that lineup, to me, it's not a playoff team, Jim. It's as simple no. as that. It is not a yeah. playoff team. And that's retaining Marner and Nylander and Matthews and Tavares. And that's kind of scary, right? Where you've got that kind of a core. But um, what you have internally to fill out your lineup wouldn't make... Like, I just... I really don't think it would be a playoff team. So, um, it it is concerning. Especially when they had some of those guys that... Uh, they they had to to cast overboard. Like man, how good would a Connor Brown look on this team right now? Oh, um, perfect fit. Perfect, perfect fit. You can move him up and down the lineup. Um, it, it's just really a shame. So um, I I agree with you. You look at the uh, the Islanders. You look at Tampa Bay. You look at Vegas. Um, even Montreal. They've got guys that they can send them out over the boards, and they know exactly what they're going to get from them. You have to have that level of certainty. If you're going to be a contending team, you can't go into the year with projects down your lineup and expect it to work out because you're, you're just, you're flying on a whim and a prayer then. And, and, and that's just not going to get it done. Yep. I, I totally agree. Um, the least problem is, is that they have, they can't get out of the first round, but they have the cap of a team that's won at least one Stanley cup. That's right. That's, that's a, a weird situation. And so, again, it's got nothing to do with Zach Hyman. But even if they do, it does, I think it's irrelevant whether they sign him or not because you've got these four guys at $40 bucks that have to carry this team, and it's proven that that cannot happen. You need the, the third and fourth lines, and you need the proper wingers on their lines. So we're talking uh, six, we're talking eight hockey players here. And yeah. They do not have the – Zach Hyman could be one of the eight, but you still need the other seven. Because not only is it the bottom six that you have to figure out, but you know, there's still two spots on the top six that, that are open right now as well, yeah. which, are, which are pretty important roles. If, if Hyman comes back, that's one of them. Um, there are suggestions that Nick Foligno would like to return, but at what cost and can you afford him? And, and chances are probably not. So what you're, you're probably looking at is a guy playing in one of those spots on on an entry-level deal like they're probably hoping that nick robertson can fill one of those spots but my goodness i don't know (laughs) if nick robertson is going to be the guy that that can really 
grind it out over the course of a playoff run. You look at the, 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 the style of hockey that we've seen. Yet again, it goes back to big, tough, mean, physical, nasty hockey. And smaller guys are having a harder time uh, yet again. So I would be concerned about Nick Robertson in that type of a role. But they may have no other choice because they need a guy playing for virtually free in that role. Then it leaves you with, what do you got down the lineup? Well, I give Kyle Dubas credit, and I'm not going to deviate from my narrative just because the end result uh, didn't, didn't work out the way anybody wanted to. But he did address the bottom six in a way that I was calling on him to address uh, or, you know, end of, after last season at this time. He went out and he added um, Joe Thornton. He brought back uh, Jason Spezza. He, he signed Wayne Simmons. Um, the problem is, uh, well, Wayne Simmons did not pan out the way that I was hoping he was going to pan out, unfortunately. Uh, so that didn't turn out as good. He, he, he had a good flash there before he got hurt. He was just never, never able to sort of recapture that level of play. And in the playoffs, he was not much of a factor. Uh, everybody loves Jumbo, but uh, looked like uh, once playoffs got going, he had a hard time uh, being at the level that, that he needed to be at in order to be effective. So I don't see him coming back. So a lot of the moves that he, he made that I thought were the right moves at the time, the personnel didn't pan out. Is that on Dubas? Well, I don't think not so much. It is on him that he's in the in the spot where he's got to go um, value hunting every year, though, uh, looking for guys who can come in on league minimum deals to play sort of uh, two and three and four million dollar roles, so to speak, right, um, yeah. on your team. So that is on him. Uh, so now, now it's yet again the same situation where he's going to have to go out and he's going to have to find guys. Um, who can can play at that level that can make an impact. So who are those guys? Well, a couple of guys come to mind. Um, Corey Perry is, is one of those guys. I know he's getting a little bit older, but yet again, he's shown uh, that he's able to, uh, to compete at this time of the year, right? The final four are the same last year as they were uh, this year. Vegas, Tampa Bay, the Islanders, and Corey Perry's team. You know, it's no right. accident. It's no accident. <laughs> It's no accident that Corey Perry uh, ends up playing at this time of the year, seemingly uh, more often than not. He's not going to end up on SportsCenter all that often during the regular season. But, but down low, uh, along the boards, get into the front of the net, he's really effective in all those areas. And I think he'd have an appetite um, in, in coming to play for Toronto. There have been suggestions that uh, the two sides have, have done a dance in the past and it just hasn't worked out. So he's a guy that I think could come in and, and really, really fill uh, an effective role. Another guy, maybe somewhat off the board, but, but here's what I think the Leafs really need. They need a guy who can pull that team into a fight on any given night. A guy that goes at 100% all the time. Curtis Gabriel, who played with San Jose this year. Um, he played a limited amount of time, but um, I was talking to him the other day. And he said, look, I'm a guy where there are no Tuesday night games in February, so to speak, because I won't let there be Tuesday night games in February. And you watch this guy play like he's chirping. He's in someone's face. Did he get a little carried away at times this year in the warm up? Maybe. But would honestly that be the worst thing to have in this Toronto team? And probably as a 13th forward, you probably wouldn't play him every day. But just a guy that you could insert into the lineup 
he, he, he'd give you 10 effective minutes. He'd play physically. Uh, he'd be there if, if the gloves need to be dropped to stand up for anybody. Uh, he can kill penalties. And he's just got that 100-mile-an-hour, all-the-time attitude, um, which this team needs. And he would be willing to play, I think, for league minimum as well. So there's a couple of guys that I think you could bring in uh, right away. They would add jolts of what this team needs. Um, and, and as certainly Corey Perry is a guy that I think come playoff time would be, would be really effective. Okay. You're not going to like this, but going to disagree because I think that when we, when we talk about the Leafs, we're always talking about the guy who walks into the room, who makes the difference. I I think this team lacks an identity. This has to be everybody. This can't be uh, this guy you pick off the San Jose Sharks. He could add to it. Um, this can't be, you have to re-sign Zach Hyman. He could add to it, but they all have to do this, and they're not. They, they, they seem to go to a default where, well, we didn't get the power play goal or, or our star player got canceled out, uh, we lost. I mean, the, everybody has to do this, and I, and I don't see that identity on this team. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. Not at all, Jim. Uh, the problem is, if that's what you're diagnosing as the, the real issue here, well, then there's, there's significant work that needs to be done, right? How do yep. you fix that? Yep. Well, you, you have to fundamentally change the core. That means one of the big guys needs to go if you don't believe that they can um, add that into their approach um, at this point in time. Like you hope after getting punched in the face year in, year out, year in, year out, where it's the same recipe and you're going home early, that that ultimately uh, is the situation where the message sinks in. Um, and one, and I'm not so much John Tavares because the guy didn't play this. It wasn't his fault. But the other three. And again, Nylander, I really can't fault because I think he raised his play. I, yeah, if that's going to get out of Nylander, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, that that's, that's winning hockey, what I saw to him in the first round. So what does it come down to then? Matthews and Marner. Um, you, you hope the message is that they ultimately realize and say, okay, to hell with this. Like I'm tired of going home in the first round um, and decide to, to add what you're talking about into their game. Cause I agree if they don't, there's a problem. I'm just banging on the fact that ultimately they will at some point, but if you don't think they will, then one of those guys has to go. Well, I, I'm with you on that. As I said earlier, so Tavares and Marner have four left. Nylander and Matthews have three. So there's your window right there. This is a team that can't get out of the first round. Uh, new new uh, sort of wrinkle this year, uh, being the favorite team and blowing a 3-1 seriously, which many have done before. That's it's not it's not a breaking story that way. But uh, even if they got through the first round next year and got canceled the second round, I mean the 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 demand here is that you yeah. sign one player who will push you to the Stanley Cup final. And oh by the way, you better win it because nothing short of that's going to be acceptable. I mean, there's a, a really low threshold of of acceptance here in, in terms of it's all or nothing. Uh, I just, I, I just don't know that. I, I'm sure they could go another year with those top four, but, but if it doesn't work, and we're sitting here a year from now having this discussion, they've made a drastic, drastically huge mistake. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. Because you know, you're starting to run out of time. As weird as it is to say, um, you're right. The window with the the four guys that they have is is getting um, narrower, as you as you illustrated. Um, but, but okay, so uh, let me ask you this then. If you decide one of the, the big guys has to go, who goes? Well, that's, uh, that's the problem of being where they are right now is this had to be done earlier because the longer you wait, the less you get in return. In other words, you're trading 
the better player away and you're not getting full value back. Um, and so like, I'm not going to put any names on it cause I think it's unfair, but, but if you were to trade one of those four players, um, they would be looked at because they couldn't win with you as a diminishing asset. So what would yep. you get back? That, that's, that's a bit of a problem. I and mean, it's great to say this guy has to go, but what's the return? Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, not to put names on it, but let's be honest. Tavares isn't going anywhere because he holds the chips, right? Yeah. He has the no trade. He's not going anywhere. Um, and and I think Nylander right now is is for the contract. I know it goes against what I said earlier because it would have been nice if he had been a bit lower and it would have set a different precedent, I do believe. But at six nine, if that's what you see out of him in the playoffs, good with that. So I don't yeah. think you, I don't think you trade that. And I think. To trade a guy that just won the Rocket Richard Trophy and has been nominated for the Hart and the Lindsay and the Lady Bing and and can score forty goals, fifty goals a year, oh, I don't know if you necessarily trade that. And and Marner's a guy that you really like, but you, you come down to it by process of elimination. Who is the guy that goes? Well, for it, it might it might be him if you decide you need to make that type of a move. What do you get back? Well, I agree, not what you would have got back a couple of years ago. Um, what you would get prep back primarily is the cap space. Um, uh, yeah, and, if if you don't have to soak up you, some of his salary. Right, then that's the other box that you bind yourself in because who who could be able to take on that kind of money? That's a big ticket and a flat cap to move. So um, I don't envy Kyle's job in the off season because it is not going to be easy. Uh, to to reform this team yet again, um, to to put them in a position to contend, and that's kind of why I believe that it would be it would be surprising to see anybody get moved, just because I don't think you're going to get back the requisite amount of value, um, and, and I think you have to at this point hope uh, that it's what I talked about a, a moment ago that ultimately the young core, the Matthews, Martin, Nylanders, have the message finally sink in. We're okay enough with this. We better raise our games now because this is getting tiring. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. If, if we're if we're talking again a year from now and this team has failed, uh, a lot of things are going to happen. Uh, first of all, the general manager might not be there because mm-hmm. if I'm running that team, I'm going to say I need somebody who can make the trade because the trade has to be made. Uh, so you're, you might be looking at a different general manager. You might be looking at a different coach. Then you might be looking at a different philosophy. That's that's if the stumble continues. So that's where they are. I mean, really, I'm talking about a, a window of, of three or four years. It's probably one. Yeah. You know, you, I, I don't disagree with that at all. There's a, I don't know, would you call this year a make it or break it for the entire philosophy of the team? Probably. I would. Probably, yeah, I would. yeah, because, yeah, yeah. If, they're, if they don't make the playoffs, heaven forbid, or they're, they're out in the first round again, you're right. I mean, you heard the vitriol this year. Um, it's not going to get any more pleasant if the same thing happens a, a year from now. So, no, there have been examples of that, teams that have, that have ultimately gone on and pushed through that have, that have undergone uh, philosophy changes, so to speak, or management changes in between accumulating players that they ultimately won with and actually winning with them. It happened in Washington um, with Brian McClellan coming in and, and multiple different coaches. Um, it even happened in Pittsburgh, albeit I guess they won one, but then they went a, a long period of time where there was significant underperformance uh, until they won again in, in 16 and 17 under, under new management with Jimmy Rutherford. So um, it's happened uh, for sure. I mean, L.A., 
under under one when they brought in Daryl Sutter mid year and uh, that turned the team around uh, with with a core that they had largely in place uh, prior to his arrival. Uh, so it, it has happened and it could happen here if 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 this upcoming season uh, goes off the rails again. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, well, we'll leave it on that. Dave, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always fun. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, I want to thank Mike Ross for giving us a time warning. Nylander and Lou. If Lou Lamarello was the general manager, what would have happened there? He would have traded him. There would have been no contract signed. He would have traded him. There's no question in my mind about that. Let's play a quick edition of Yes Guy, No Guy to end off episode 43 of Leafs Guide. Hyman re-signs with the Leafs. No guy. No, it cannot happen. It's going to take up too much money. Uh, he is a great hockey player, deserves to get his money, but it has to be elsewhere. Yes Guy, No Guy number two. The organization has failed to develop support forwards. An emphatic yes guy. I mean, you know, it's, it's great to draft the talent guys. I mean, you have to do that. But you also have to draft character guys, hardworking players. And, and I'm not even talking about defensemen or goaltending, which brings me to this. Yes guy, no guy. You are concerned about the Leafs goaltending plans. Oh, yes guy. I am. I take nothing away from Jack Campbell, but, I mean, we don't know what he can do over, over 82 games. This is a precarious situation. It always comes back to we're doing this because we don't have the cap space. Oh, boy, this this is going to be a problem. So I'll end on that, and I'm going to say thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed Leaf Sky Episode 43. I hope you come back next week for Leaf Sky Episode 44.